Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travelled to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast would not happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, to become one of our members and get an extra big interview every month, plus loads of bonus content. So go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Graham Hunter, and we'll bring you joy. If you're a loyal fan, then welcome to part two of the Steve Perryman interview. If you listen to part one, you'll already know that he's compelling, that he's urgent, that he's expressive. Boy, wait till he starts to describe Japan, uh, Alan Sugar, the decline of his time at Spurs. This is a man who won two of everything, two UEFA Cups, two League Cups, two FA Cups. And this is part two of Steve Perryman. His book is out now, always a spur. It's fabulous. What's out now also is part two of the big interview with Steve Perryman. Love you all. You you were central to an era of, I don't know if you call it Spurs domination of Europe, but English domination of Europe, before what's really called the era of English dominance of Europe when Liverpool were... So between, for two years and eight months, between 1971 and 1974, you played 34 European games. Before there were group stages and travelling to Uzbekistan and all that bollocks. Absolutely. 34 European games in two years and eight months where you went final, semi-final, final. Spurs then don't play European football again for a decade. Then you go final and you win it again. It seems you could play I was good in Europe. Europe. You see, you see, I was good in Europe. Well, to, to, then I, I want to ask you the same thing. So you try and paint a picture because, again, most people listening to this will not remember in a 1972 final who you played against or the 1973 
semi-final because in 72 it's an all-England final against a club that's only just come back up to the Premier League in, in Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, and you've finished second leg because it's a two-legged thing there at the lane. Pick anything you want. Wolves in the final. Liverpool the next year in the semi-final. Final the year after that. Communicate to the people something. Miss the Pitodra game, please. There was brains on the touchline. Bill Nicholson and Bailey. Eddie Bailey would go and watch the opponents. He'd come back. He'd have pen pictures of them. He'd be, you know, we're talking about Romanians. And sometimes you think, do we need, really need to know that? But anyway, we did. He, they gave us information. And for instance, uh, I'm not sure you know about the Anglo-Italian that we won during that spell as well. We won in Turin, Torino. We would have overlapping fullbacks, Cyril Knowles, Joe Kinnear. We would have long throw, Martin Chivers throwing into Mike England to flick on, or Gilly, or Peters coming late on the far post with, with like, you know, the, the, the sort of Jeff Hurst, Bobby Moore free kick, getting early into that space, and Peters dashing to the near post. So we, we had all that stuff in our armoury. Tactics were, which were then not commonplace. Not commonplace. And anyone with any, any brains, I mean, foreign coaches used to come and watch us train. And I remember Eddie Bailey going mad at Bill Nick, saying, they're coming and stealing all our ideas. Bill, what are you doing? Why are you letting them in? He said, Ed, come on, they, they can't hear what we're saying. That's the difference. They can write down A to B to C. To, they can't hear what we're saying. As long as they can't hear what we're saying, it's no problem. They're not in our meetings. They're not, you know, he, he would sort of give a reason. It's generous. Bill Nick wanted to spread the word. He wanted to spread the word of Tottenham Hotspur, that's for sure. And he wanted to spread the word of English football. I'm convinced of that. I mean, I, I would rather talk about the AC Milan game semi-final where he scored two goals. Did you? Is this? That's me. That's yeah? the perm. <laughs> and a lot, a lot of people don't really know this about me, uh, but I hold a goal-scoring record, I suppose, at Tottenham, but I would imagine maybe at most clubs, maybe not gigs at, uh, at Man United. I scored at least one league goal for 17 seasons. That ain't bad. So, OK, it doesn't say anything about the number of goals you scored, but it's, it's a, it talks about the length of your time where you've been selected as such but so imagine this day where I scored two against AC Milan having been a goal down to the ultra competitive ultra organised defensive minded Italians goal down Bonetti scored he did wonderful Bonetti wonderful goal you're playing against Carlo Cudicini's dad. Cudicini's dad. Schnellinger from the World Cup final of Mexico. He's a terrific player. And one of the all-time Italian greats. Gianni. Gigi Rivera. What a player. I saw him do the most unbelievable thing. Man. I think it was in the away leg. John Pratt was playing. And the ball came to him on an angle. And John came to close him. As you would expect. Mm-hmm. And he stubbed the ball into the ground. And as John came in... One toed off the pitch for him to go onto. He spun it Backspin, a one two. It was phenomenal. And Pratty went, <laughs> What happened, Steve? What happened? I said, John, just get back. <laughs> and, you know, we spoke about it after. Amazing. Talented team. I think seven of them had won the European Cup two or three years earlier. In Cesare Maldini's era. They were no fools, no mugs. Beat Milan, beat Cruyff. 
yeah, in that final. That's right, for sure. Was that at Wembley that Be- final? Oh God, no. no anyway, so it was my day. I scored the two goals. And both from outside the box, which was probably going to be the only way we were going to win. That was, but also the you only way we were going to score. From outside the box, your sure. timing. Sure. But when, it, like you've often talked about, how you read, you talked about kickouts and what will it come off, Cherbo? Will it yeah. flick on my? You read when the ball was coming out of the box well, that, really well. That was my main ability. Yeah. What do I believe will happen yeah. next? Yeah. And therefore, that dictates where you're moving or where your balance is to move because you believe it's going to go there rather than there. I mean, at times, a deflection meant it goes where you're thinking it is and goes there. And you do the next reaction thing, of course. So, uh, which was also my ability. that They they talk about the players that turn defence into attack or attack into defence the quickest, being the the really good players. Mm. Well, I could do that from a defensive point of view. I wasn't so good doing it. The other way that the forward pass to sort of split people in two and, and put in Greavesy or Gilly or whatever. But from a defensive point of view, I could. So thankfully, and the, fu- the funny story about that one is that uh, it's my game. We win 2-1. And they go down to 10 men, which didn't do us any harm. And cold night, blustery night, go a goal down. My two goals sort of get us out of trouble and put us with a, 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 a fair chance. But, of course, you go to Milan and lose 1-0, which is very possible. They get the first goal, the game's over. So, uh, But Muller scored out there and we got a 1-1. So, so I, I always took a long time to, to change, always. When I got in the dressing room at the end of a game, I could sit there for 20 minutes. In later years, people like Mickey Hazard would be in, stripped off, in... Out the bathroom, dry, boom, boom, dressed, gone before I took my shirt off. What were you doing? Just thinking and getting my breath. <laughs> it sounds like I'm not fit. No, I was fit. I was fit. But uh, I give it. I left everything out there. Absolutely. So you're just physically and mentally collecting yourself I'm again. Done. Repacking the brain. I'm done. Yeah. So... The dressing room clears out, and by the time I come out of the, the, the bathroom, everyone's gone. So rather than rush out, I know the press are probably going to be wanting me, which was not my forte at all. So I thought, well, just dwell here a bit longer. So I walked into the treatment room, four tables, half lights. The wall there is the car park, the other side of the wall, and there's all sorts of noise out there. And... I lay on the bed and I must be thinking, wow, you've had it off. People think you meant to put it in that bottom right-hand corner. You know, of course you never, you just wanted to get a strike on the ball and as as long as you catch it. And uh, anyway, the door opens, doctor walks in, Brian Curtin. So knew him for a number of years as a young player, trusted him, good doctor. So he don't look at me, he walks over to the basin Washes his hands, just dries, straightens his tie up, looks in the mirror, and he says to the mirror, that Bill Nicholson is a genius. Mm. So I think, <laughs> he must be talking to me. So I said, why is that then, Doc? He said, turned around, he pointed at me, he said, because he very nearly left you out tonight. So in my head, I'm not sure I showed it in my body, but in my head I went, oh, Christ. I was close to the chop. (laughs) 
so I'd gone from sort of on the ceiling, although I wasn't that tight, but on the ceiling in my head, down to like on the floor. Now, whether it was Bill Nicholson sending him in, and whenever I give talks about Bill Nick, I say, you know, no, no mind games, no spin, no crap, no bullshit. Just told it like you needed to hear it. Not what you wanted to hear, but what you needed to hear. So I don't think it was a Bill Nickism that sending him in to bring me down. I think it was his own Irish sort of amateur psychology that thought, do you know what, having scored them two goals, he needs pulling back. Let's get the reins on him. Anyway, so when, I go, when we go to Milan and we train, at, we stayed at Inter Milan's training ground, like a hotel, and they're all over us because they're Inter <laughs> Milan's fans and whatever. And, they, and they've seen the game live in Italy, yeah. live. Yeah. So they've seen Steve Perriman play once in their lives and he's scored two goals. They think I'm a goal scorer and that's the last thing I was. So, of course, they're all queuing up to go to the, the reception to see where their room is, etc. And all I keep hearing is, which Perriman? Perriman? Which, which Perriman? I'm thinking, what do you want me for? Anyway, because I scored the two goals. So I've dined out on that forever in Italian restaurants. It- it's a nice way to be able to dine out in Italian oh. restaurants. It's a nice way. But of course, those those European nights at Tottenham, all white kits, special nights, special fervour. The crowd turned up. However bad you were playing in the league, it was all forgotten about on a on a European night. And it didn't matter if you were playing Panathinaikos or Nantes or Feyenoord or you know the bigger names like AC Milan. They were oh, yeah. on it. It was like. It was almost like, a, a, I suppose, without knowing that what it feels like to be an international footballer, but it was about your country beating that country, yeah, yeah. as far as they were concerned. And um, I know it was England, Scotland, sort of that was the dressing room banter at the time. But guess what? It'd be nice to beat the Spaniards or be nice to beat the Romanians or whatever. So we had the armoury to do it. Anfield had the cop. But you had what the, the, the shelf? The shelf. Shelf just seemed to be the perfect place to watch a game of football. I've never been there, but actually, it was a ground noise. It was a stadium noise. It wasn't just coming from that one side. And I, I you know, of course, I know about the cop. Twenty-six thousand people behind that goal, and you you're hanging on to a nil-nil. By my my third third ever game was at uh, Liverpool. We drew nil-nil. Jimmy Greaves missed a 1v1 with Tommy Lawrence and could have put to bed all them 70-odd years that yeah, yeah. kept being spoken about. But I apparently went in to tackle Tommy Smith with a 50-50 and the ball ran loose and I went in to uh, Ron Yates. Never shrugged. They sort of looked a bit surprised that this 17-year-old was willing to put his foot in. And Bill Nick, uh, Shankly apparently said to Bill Nick after, who's the tiger, Bill? <laughs> Because if people don't know, Tommy Smith's the hardest scouser that was ever born. Ron Yates, an Aberdonian again. <coughs> Underline that, please, everybody. Shanks famously walked round him and said, Son, you're my colossus. <laughs> and this 17-year-old Tiger is said, Listen, lads, I'm ready for this footed. You never played in your career any team more often than you played Liverpool. Ah. 33 times. And, and you're talking about how long it was wow. for Spurs to ever beat them. And you've got eight wins against them. Yeah. It's not bad, and two goals. We weren't too bad. The record weren't too bad at home. It mm. was it was shameful away from home. But um, but you eventually won that. Anfield. We eventually won that. You did. Which was Peter Shreve's only year as manager. An achievement. It's not a bad scalp. An achievement then. 
Steve, there's so many places to take you, and you've mentioned Japan, so I do want to go there. Again, I'm going to give you a choice because of time. Leadership captaincy, the impact of your remarkable brother on your development. You know, please feel free to choose. They tie in. leads. They tie in. Go on. Okay. Leadership. So I hear that Liverpool employ a throwing coach. Okay. I'm not anti that by any means. You can win a game or lose a game by not doing the right thing of throwing, for sure. So if you're covering bases, the base that's never been covered but is always spoken about is there's no leaders around. Any team anywhere in the world that's lose five games on the spin, it's almost the same meeting. The manager with the players in front of him, heads down, and he says, got no spunk in this team, got no spirit, certainly no leaders. It's the same old lines roll out with your Brazilian, Portuguese, Spanish, whatever. No one does anything about it, because if they did, we'd all know about it. There's no one teaching leadership. We, we had two sports psychologists at Tottenham in the early 80s. I think we were the first club to, to have it, very bravely, by Keith Birkinshaw. And I was particularly close to these two men, because everything they preached to our team, I'm thinking, on their first meeting, they mentioned stuff about mental preparation before, where you drive into a game, and etc., etc. And I'm thinking, I'll do that, I'll do that. So I'm convinced. I'm convinced they're the first ones who put it in a bracket, what I did naturally. So over the course of time, they used to make reports on the team and the team meetings and that sort of stuff and actually supply me with the notes. It was great. So I I think in the end that we were going to do a book about leadership and it wouldn't have solved every problem, but it started the process off. Sports leadership, particularly with regard to a football team, because I'm the man on the ground. I'm the one at the cold face that know it, know that subject from doing it. Anyway, John Sire, bless him, died. And I've still got all my notes at home and stuff, but, uh, but yeah. So John was one of the... John was one of the two. John Sire, yeah. Chris Conley. I think the company was called Synergy or some, something like that. But it's, a, it's, a, it's fascinated me. And Steve, why were you a good captain? Why were you a leader? Take it right back. My oldest brother, four years older than me. So when I was four, he was eight. I wanted to be with them. The six-year-old brother and the eight-year-old, I wanted to be over the fields with them. So he sort of pulled me along. And so I was always playing with older kids and whatever. When I started to play for the school, he would take me. So now I'm nine, 13. We'd go on a bus. On the way home, he would talk to me this is not a coach. This is not a teacher. This is my older brother. At 13. At 13. And he'd say to me about helping your team. If you help your team, if you help that player in front of you to decide what he can do next, mm. be it he can turn, he can shoot, he can man on, whatever, it makes you a better player because it gives you an opinion on the game. You're not always going to be right. He's not always going to listen to you. Don't get upset if he doesn't. But it gives you an opinion on the game. And, and for instance, he would talk about a referee decision where he disallowed a goal or, or a player turning up late. What does that mean? How did you feel? Etc. 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 So 
Even if I copied his opinion, it was an opinion that other players my age did not have. <laughs> you cannot be a talker on the football field if you haven't got anything to say, can you? No. So if I was teaching young players now in, in someone's football academy, I wouldn't really use the word of captain or leader. I'd say helper. Because mm-hmm. you're helping the man on the ball do something better than what he may have done off his own back. And my brother, the, the killing words for me were, give him help, not because he's a bad player, not because you're a better player than him, because he has not got eyes in the back of his head. Wow. What an explanation to a nine, ten-year-old. So he encouraged my opinion. And then over the course of years, I would give this opinion. And I'm a certain character that I'm not going to smash someone over the head with my opinion. I'm going to just offer it there. You want it? Take it. And now I'm the main voice here. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well, I'm going to take a bit of responsibility and show a bit of leadership too because we have um, sponsors who support us all the time. Bet365 have asked me to ask, how many current Spurs players would have made your FA Cup winning side in 1980-81. And I think by which, when they say how many, I think they probably mean which. God bless him, dead now. Emilio Alexic was not top, top class. The French goalkeeper has won a World Cup. Hugo Lloris. Lloris, you can't win a World Cup if you're second rate, for sure. I think Harry Kane's goals determine that you have to find a place for him. Mm. Well, Archibald and Crooks, 
take some take some shifting. Both good, but also a partnership. Take some shifting, those two in a partnership. I'm, I'm not saying Harry can't play in a partnership. Of course he can. Tough decision, that one. Tough decision. Mm. If, you, if you put me under the real spotlight, I suppose I'd have to say Harry for Garth. Yeah, if you're talking the Spurs of, say, two years ago, there'd be one or two more in. I've seen certain things lately of, yeah. Are we talking about Deli Ali? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think he's, he's going to be a top, top player. There's no career just going to keep going up. Mm-hmm. There has to come a point where you level out, mm-hmm. and then it's how you do when you level out yeah. before you rise again. I think he loses possession too easily. And it looks like could be so wrong. It looks like he's a bit flippant with how he gives it away. And, of course, he's a young man. He's a real young man. And if I think how much better I was from 21 to 31, mm-hmm. well, so if he, if he has that improvement. So um, maybe looking for the finished article too quick. But, I mean, all the signs of there of him being a great player, but um, i just got to see a bit more of it before I put him to oust the likes of Glenn or Ozzy and people. You know, we, we had Mickey Hazard, for instance, behind those two. Mickey has a what? Genuinely, it was a, what a talent. Was that from a distance? What a talent! I think it was that was mesmerising. You know Mickey's. You know Mickey's problem. He never really believed he was as good as Glenn and Ozzy. He was that talented. He was so talented that he every game was a new game to him. Hmm. He had no carryover from one game to the next. Hmm. But Mickey was so talented he could get away with it by. That game's finished. Get dressed quick, out the door, go and do whatever he's doing. I'm not saying that's bad, what he's doing. And then by the time he took his gear off for the next game, Start it's a game again. on. It's a game on. Steve, it was street football or park football. It was me, the ball, and you. That's it. That's what he did. Which, for the spectator, which is me, rather than the captain, which is you, was, was wonderful. Amazing. If you want that 38 times a season from him, you don't want a clean no, slate no, every day. No. But you sat down to watch, because we were, uh, lived in Aberdeen, so it was TV for me, and I was like, please go and let Mickey Hazard be playing, and let him beat eight players. Yeah. Like, well, he's like a little Maradona, he's like a little Ineos. His appreciation of angles what? to cut across someone's line and to spin away and and let the player come round and then arse him off and go out that way. I mean, he played like uh, what I considered was the sort of the, the Dutch masters of Muren and Ty- uh, Tyson. Tyson yeah. and, uh, and, and yet, if you said to Mickey, Mickey, um, how many degrees in a triangle? He'd say, what's the triangle? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it was in there. It was in there. Yeah. And, and you, if you played hearts with two packs of cards, he knew every single card that had been played. Every single one. Let's take him to Vegas pretty quickly because <laughs> the three of us will make money. That's a brain. <laughs> no, but that's a, it's a different type of brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw him days just toss off the training. <laughs> just completely toss it off. We're drawing to a close, um, but because of your enthusiasm about it, I don't think, unless time is up, and given that you're a leader, I'm pretty sure you'll tell me. Why would somebody go and work in Japan, Steve? I had a fateful trip, uh, a job in uh, Tottenham, with Alan Sugar in charge, uh, Aussie made manager. Um, I think they wanted Glenn. Glenn had already promised himself to Chelsea. Chelsea yeah. Aussie had done good things in most of the jobs he was at. 
including West Brom and Swindon. Um, not so good at Newcastle. But anyway, so um, Ozzy encouraged me to join him. I'd been manager of Watford, happy there. But he talked me into it, and the lure of going back to Tottenham was too great to sort of turn down. This is the club where we were, where I grew up. And uh, anyway, could be a great experience. Could be not the dream team. That's sort of overused, but but could be great. And it was anything but great. Mm. And um, this was not the same club that we knew. This was not the same ethics. This was not. This was not nice. This was not a good feeling. This was not a good environment for players to improve and play and care for their club and and do good things and excite people. It was not good at all. So eventually, Ozzy gets a sack. I follow two weeks later. Um, should be sad to go. Was absolutely delighted to get out of that atmosphere. I was wow. doing cartwheels to get out of there. I should have gone with Ozzy, but if you do, if you resign, you don't get paid. Um, I didn't believe that I'd done anything wrong to, to get a sack. No one ever thinks they've done anything wrong, but, but there you go. So... Um, a, a, a poor environment. Oh my word! Club spirit, and I've come under. I've come from Bill Nick. I've, I, I've had tough. I've had hard. Yeah. I've had critical. I've, I've tasted all that. This was not any of that. This was wicked. Aussie went off to Mexico. I went off to uh, Norway on a, a six-month contract because the, the coach, this Norwegian club, had cancer and they thought he was going to recover. Please God, he did. Um, anyway, we, we met up in, in Ozzy's house in Broxbourne one Christmas. Uh, Ozzy had left because he fell out of the president, albeit top of the league. I'd come back from Norway on holiday. Didn't have a house in England at the time. Uh, phone rang, good friend of mine, actually, Alf Darcy, saying to Ozzy, do you want a job in Japan? And Ozzy put his hand over the phone and said, Stevie, we want to work in Japan. So, uh, so bosh, 10 days later, we were there. And uh, it was a dream. All the things I said about that Tottenham. <laughs> respect was oozing out. Aussie had won a World Cup. They looked at my record. They knew me, because Spurs is a famous club in Japan. I'd visited there twice with Spurs anyway as captain, or young player then captain. And we were treated like royalty. And Aussie stepped up to the job. When we won the championship, it was like Leicester City... Plus, and we took a team from having no players in the national squad to ended up having six in the 2002 World Cup. And uh, we played football the right way. We played it quick, moving the ball, uh, exciting, disciplined. And like I said, when I personally won it, uh, top fair play league, top goals, top defence, and all the things that we didn't do at Tottenham. This is Shimizu. This is Shimizu Espos. Yeah. What is Shimizu? Explain anything about where it is, what it's yeah. like, and also why make the Leicester comparison. What, what, what did yeah, you mean yeah. by okay. that? Okay. So uh, Tokyo, up here. Yeah. Uh, Kyoto, new capital, old capital. Halfway point, Shizuoka, Shimizu, which is the same sort of place. Opposite. Inland is Mount Fuji. So when you go on the fast train... OK. You get to Mount... You go south from Tokyo, Tokyo. on the fast train. About halfway, you, you reach Shimizu, and opposite it is... 
the Mount. Yeah, Mount Fuji. And then you go to Kyoto, the old capital. Two reasons, great reasons to visit Japan, by the way. And uh, so no real significance other than it's a midway point between the two. You have to go through it on the, on the fast train. Maybe you don't stop there, but, mm. uh, but a wonderful place to live. Wonderful place to live. And sort of countryside, if you like, if there is such a thing in Japan. But there is up the far north, of course. But, but in, in central Japan... Because it's overpopulated. It's over. Wonderful. It's an amazing place. If you can judge a country by how it treats its old people, Japan must be one of the best places in the world. It's a great point. If you're old, you're respected, you're revered, you're listened to, you're looked after, you're not put around the corner out the way, can't see you. You're worthwhile, you're worth something. Worth, very worthy. Your intelligence, your experience is sought. And one of the biggest things I love about Japan, if you are 70 years of age you may well probably start to learn a new language yeah. or a new instrument or some type of new skill, you know, maybe a computer-based uh, course or something. Because of what? In- inquisitiveness or challenge or it's expected of you? Everything, or? everything. Just uh, to keep the cells fresh. That keep the mind alive. Keep the mind alive. And they've got the, they got the diet to back it all up. So they last a long time. They're expecting to live to 100 years of age, where we're probably not thinking about that. We're not thinking about dying, but we, mm, there's, there's a sort of figure in our head. If I make 70, I'm doing all right. <laughs> a bonus. bonus. These people in... OK, now I'll come back to the Leicester thing. It turned professional in 93, when Lineker went. Yeah. And all the clubs had turned, 11 out of 12 were semi-professional without being semi-professional. They all had uh, Brazilian goalkeeper coaches and athletic coaches and all this. And they were owned by the big companies, Hitachi, Toyota, Mitsubishi, etc. Turned professional and they wanted one more team in the league. Because football in schools started in Shimizu, Shizuoka area, 10 years before anywhere else because of a famous man called Mr. Hota. When it turned professional, a third of the players had been developed in this area. So it was a football hotbed. So out of respect, they gave a license to that area, but there was no big employer. So the community took it up. Brilliant. And... Jow sponsored it because Jow didn't want to own a club very cleverly. And it was a, a sort of test club for the country to this new sport, all the razzmatazz and the, the advertising and all the stuff that was going on. And somewhere coming in the future is going to be the World Cup. And uh, we're going to attack baseball as the main sport. We're going to attack it. So exciting times. This area started this new club. A new professional club, a new stadium, new training ground, new this, new that. Pulled in some players from elsewhere because of they were sort of born in this part of the world. And they had, uh, uh, I think, Jarzinho was the first manager. And I think he lost nine on the spin. Got moved on. Uh, Liao, the goalkeeper, ended up being goalkeeper. Uh, the manager there they had a number of Japanese coaches but eventually they plumped Frozzy 
And he was the perfect man at the perfect time with something to prove, you know, sort of tail between their legs from the sort of Tottenham experience. Hungry. Hungry. And uh, they say that when you work abroad, you have a surge of energy. By Christ, did we have a surge of energy. These players sucked the knowledge out of us. They knew they were good. They were adored in their own country. If we had a... If, in Yokohama. If we had a pre-match meal in the Yokohama Hotel, the players then went onto the bus to go and play the Nissan team, Marinos, there would be at least 300 young ladies outside the hotel screaming and... and and not one of our players... I used to watch them every time. Not one of our players' eyes would go like that. <laughs> Straight down. Straight... Not... Not a... Well, that's a bit of a scream. Who's that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not a hint. Total intensity, concentration. Total. And they listened to every word. Aussie did a job, I think, on the press, which I love him for. I used to listen to his press conferences and he'd be telling them how we're the quickest passing, quickest moving team, best passing team in Japan. And I'd say, Ozzy, you're kidding us. <laughs> he said, no, but our players have got to believe it. And they never ask questions in Japanese press because they're not specialists. They just write what you say. Swallowed it. Guess what? Our players are going to get the message, not only on the training pitch. Bum, bum, bum. And he took players into the, into the national team and our results got players into the national team. And all of a sudden, people were talking about S-Pulse. We were on a roller coaster. And Aussie decided to leave after three years. I think he left because there was one or two injuries that needed solving and stuff. And uh, he said, Steve, I recommend you take this job. I said, Aussie, I'm going nowhere. And so with the same... I, I had to talk with the players. I said, listen... Me and Ozzy are exactly the same lines, but he is from Argentina. I'm from England. I'm shop floor football. He sees things that I could never see. I'm probably going to change by about 10%. It might be how we defend corners or, or how we break a bit quicker or whatever. But And they bought into it and uh, we just flew. Wenger was much rated in Japan, much rated. He didn't win what either I or Aussie won. And when people say, yeah, but it's Japan, I say, and guess what? Wenger goes back to England. First year, wins the double. First year. Didn't win that in Japan. Didn't win that and didn't win that. Mm. We did. Mm. And uh, for me, that was two fingers up to sugar. Mm. You let two football brains go. You let two brains go who care for your club and you didn't even recognise it. We win the championship and I told you about the Bobby Charlton thing. The English, the big press boys were in Japan this Saturday to this Saturday. One was the World Cup draw and one was Man United are playing whoever, South American champions. And we won in, the, in this part. So now these big press boys... Instead of you, you cut their expenses by two because of two stories, you've now got a third story, English manager, winning abroad. Unusual. So you're cutting it by three now. So they're all in my office and I'm holding court and I gave them chapter and verse <laughs> on England and Tottenham and Sugar. And, and as I'm saying it, they start to look at each other because they know they can't write it. Yeah. They can't possibly write it. We had a ball. It, the, 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 the time with Aussie was the best three years of my life, and he agrees with that. 
But football is special, Japan is special, you're special, and Osvaldo Ardiles is one oh. of the great men that we'll ever meet in our lives. Realism. And therefore... Um, His brain in the dressing room at half-time needs to be witnessed to be believed. He has never had a job in England after that Tottenham job. Mm. He got put in a bracket. His team can't defend. Bullshit. Why no one's ever took Aussie after that? I'm not suggesting he wants a job now. I'm not no. saying it for that reason. No. Uh, is is it when Aussie got the sack from from uh, Tottenham? He held a press conference that is unheard of. He called it the impossible job, and from what was going on in the inside, it was impossible. I had to go as the caretaker manager. I'd have preferred to go on that day, but you can't afford to. You have to be street smart. Absolutely. So um, I made the comment that you press people, you're all the same. You want England to play with more flair and more freedom and more class and be better on the ball like when we see Yugoslavia play or when we see the Spaniards play or whatever. You want, you want all this, but only when it wins. Mm. And you've got a manager now that you've hunted out of a job. You've helped hunt him out of a job. Um, one of the few managers will, will allow players to progress in the way that you want it to be progressed. Good point. And you, are, you have been part of it not progressing. Good for you. So, uh, anyway, they just tossed me off with it. No, no problem. He's, he's making a case for his mate. Well, yes, he is my mate, but I ain't going to tell lies because he's my mate. I ain't going to say he's brilliant if he weren't brilliant. Very special. The man is very, very special. And um, we were total opposites on certain things. And, and, and he would, he would, would have it out. Have it, exactly. And me and his wife talked him into liking a, a, a young chap who, who progressed in the company. They called it the company. Who, as he said, don't like him. Get rid, get rid of him. Get rid of him. Ozzy, give, give him a couple of months. Just... Just bear with it. Anyway, I had a talk with this Matsuba and said to his wife, Sylvia, come on. Do you like Matsuba? She said, yeah, fantastic. I said, your man wants him out. So I said, Matsuba, listen, when Ozzy's wife, when Ozzy's, Oz, the route to Ozzy is through his wife, Sylvia. So when she wants flights booked or hotels booked, when they got family over and stuff and they want to go on trips, you make sure it's right and it's double right. And anyway, then when I know this is happening, we... I, Ozzy always took Sylvia away with the team. It always. And so I'd eat with the team and they'd be in the restaurants in that same hotel. And then afterwards I'd go up and then we'd sit down and we'd talk everything then. And I'd say, Sylvia, so what, what about Matsuba? How'd you see him? Ah, <laughs> oh, Steve, this is, this is fantastic, man. If he weren't married, I'd marry him. Whatever. And Ozzy knew he was lost. He had, he had two <laughs> done. people. Done. But you, 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 could, you could do that with us. You, you had to convince him. It's maybe how it worked with Mrs. Spilnick and, and Ralph Coates, and maybe all you were doing was repeating history. Maybe. When I talked at the beginning, Steve, about this sensational book that's in front of me that's different in every aspect, in, in class and in size, in the care that's gone into it, the pictures, the team lines, the press cuttings, the jerseys, it's the representation of a spur forever, but my lily white and blue life. We've gone outside spurs in that last section of the interview. But like, you, there's times in this chat where your eyes have glistened with joy at not just remembering things, but the quality of things you've lived in your life. Mm. It, football's made you 
You, you a happy co- and complete man, right? Ab- yeah, absolutely. You called it a beautiful book early on. I picked up on that. Mm. One of your first lines was this beautiful book. But it is. And I am very proud that you think that about it because I am so proud of the way that's turned out. That was a lot of effort. I didn't do it. Apparently, the, 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 the publisher's saying they've been asking me for 10 years. Well, I didn't know it was quite that long, but at least five or six and um, I did it when it was right. I didn't do it because I need money. I did it because I wanted to put down on paper. If, if you're a Spurs supporter and you see letters from Bill Nick to my dad, for instance, or letters from the scouts that wanted to sign me their club, you know, when I left school and stuff like that and things to do with Aussie in Japan, it's, uh, I've lived some life. I'll go beyond that, Steve. I, I don't think this is a book that, can be restricted to Spurs fans because what ooze there's a picture of you in a lily white kit um, trotting out with a ball in your hand and right through it there's pictures of a 18 year old Graham Soonest there's the shots of Greavesy there's 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 fantastic stuff from my era when I was growing up watching you Terry Yorath when I'd even forgotten he did a, he had a criminal moustache <laughs> and I'd forgotten, I'd forgotten he'd play for Spurs. There's the front cover of Aussie's Dream. It, it's brilliant, but it oozes. It doesn't just ooze you and Spurs. It oozes football, and that's why we do this series, and that's why people who maybe will, will shout and curse Spurs when they come to their stadium will listen to this interview and, and will adore the book because it's it's about the beauty of a football life well spent. And I think it's fantastic. I like to think I've carried on some of the, um, the good messages from Bill Nicholson. No, you have. You have, and I'm glad, we've, I'm glad you've allowed us to, to explain him properly to a generation of people who have only ever heard his name. We were going to talk other things today. The new manager, Josie Mourinho, like him or loathe him, may, have, may, may be the best version of Josie Mourinho, which is better than the worst version. His task is to do what... Poor old Pochettino, for all his brilliance, couldn't, which is to win a trophy, which is what Bill Nick and you did. Maybe we'll do this again in the future. Please. Thank you for the moment for more, sharing. More than happy to do so. So many memories with this. The big interviews, the better for having had Steve Perryman on it. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to the big interview. It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true, Graham Hunter, and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry. Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.